You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. Welcome back to your latest Blast of the Past with A's Revisited. Today we're going to take you back to that great, amazing time in everybody's life, high school, with 3 O'Clock High, which came out October 9th, 1987, just five days before the entire United States was caught up in the drama that unfolded on our televisions as a young child named Jessica McClure fell down a well in Midland, Texas. I don't know if anybody's old enough to remember that, but I remember that every day, waiting for the news to come on. Did they get the girl out of the well? Is the right. girl out of the well? She got out. Okay. More to come on Aries Revisited. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. There I was, in bed, reading my book, Honey's Adventures gripping my imagination. I just knew I had to tell you about a book that was this good. Hey, Mama. Jerry, I hope this is going somewhere. It's going somewhere. Someone's hot for teacher. <laughs> and it has nothing to do What's with the main plot part? of today's film, which is 3 O'Clock High. What's mm. the difference? Welcome back to your latest Blast of the What's Past, your manic Blast of the Past. With I'm your host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my apathetic host, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. More on the reason behind that at the end of the podcast. <laughs> but it's flattering. I find it, regardless. But yeah, 3 O'Clock High, a film that I thought was so entertaining and fun that I interrupted our requests Catch up on, catching up on request to cover it here on the podcast. Released August 9th, 1987. IMDb gives it a 7.2. Rotten Tomatoes, 67% critics, 72% audience. Not too far off there. Uh, budget estimated at $6 million, Opened at $1.5, which was good enough for it to be the number ninth film the week that it opened. Uh, looking at the competition, it had no chance. Uh, Fatal Attraction was number one in its fourth week. And the... Romantic classic, having just passed Valentine's Day, number three, at number three, The Princess Bride in its second week. Uh, let's see. So that's why I totally didn't know this movie existed until recently, because it came out the same day as The Princess Bride. Or Princess Bride was still in the theaters, dominating, and all that. Yeah. Of course, Fatal Attraction was a huge deal when it came out, and fortunate for us, not covered on the podcast yet. Oh. Uh, d- uh, let's see. Budget, I said $6 million. Opened at $1.5. Uh, domestically, would totally gross... 3.6 million. No info on Worldwide or Reynolds, but looking at a 6 million estimated budget, maybe it broke even with Reynolds, perhaps, but since there's no information, I don't know. But it was directed by Phil Joanu. I assume that's how you pronounce his last name. I'm not sure, but he is a veteran of the podcast. He directed U2, Rattle and Hum, as well as State of Grace, uh, most recently The Veil, and music videos for such amazing acts as U2, Bon Jovi, and the late, always great Thomas Petty. Hmm. Uh, written by Richard C. Matheson. Uh, he did lots of TV, uh, Loose Cannons, with Gene Hackman, who I share a birthday with. Not the year, just the day. Uh, let's see. And Tom Slazzi. Slazzi. I'll take that. lot of 80s and 90s television, including three episodes of the Beastmaster television show. Whoa. Which was so bad, I couldn't get through the opening credits. 
when it came on TV. Look for him at your local Comic Con. <laughs> He's the one with nobody at his booth <laughs> yeah. and the sign where it says $10 scratched out, $5 scratched no. out, free autographs. Free. I'll pay you. <laughs> yeah, $5 to just come talk to me, <laughs> please. Uh, let's see. Casey Samasco was Jerry. He was also in Stand By Me, uh, the Billy uh, Zane classic Phantom. A superhero movie before they were cool. Uh, Young Guns and Damages, the TV show with Glenn Close, also of Fatal Attraction fame. Uh, Richard Tyson was Buddy Ravel. Uh, most notably to me, Kindergarten Cop, he was the villain, Mr. Chris. Uh, also in Black Hawk Down and Flight of the Living Dead. Uh, I like him and what he's been in. He's, I think he's one of those character actors, but always background, minor role, like one guy in an office or something like that, never like a really big, big, big role. Unlike... The aforementioned uh, Kindergarten Cop and obviously this. Annie Ryan was Franny. She was also in Lucas and had a bit part in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And another veteran of the podcast, as well as sexual harassment suited, Jeffrey Tambor returns again as Mr. Rice, of course, Transparent, The Grinch, Arrested Development, and most notably on here, Saturday the 14th. Uh, Stacy Glick, no relation to Jiminy, or Jimmy, uh, is Bree. Uh, nothing else to note, only five credits on IMDb, and she's not dead, just apparently retired. Hmm. And those five credits are nothing that right. I knew, so I assume a lot of people that listen to this probably wouldn't either, unless you actually played in something with her. Which, hey, good for you. Uh, Jonathan Wise was Vincent. He was also in Soul Man and one episode of Rin Tin Tin, K-9 Cop, which <laughs> always made me just sigh, because I think that came on the Family Channel. And I watched the Family Channel because they would play Dino Saucers in the afternoon, followed by Batman, 1960s, uh, Adam West Batman. But they would always advertise the latest episode of Rin Tin Tin, K9 Cop, and I was just like, this is so dumb. <laughs> I read, like, it, uh, to me, it was, as, as a young child, it was like, Turner and Hooch. Why are they just copying Turner and Hooch? What's this stupid stuff? Uh, Rin Tin Tin was Exactly. But that, my young mind, because I saw, I liked Turner and Hooch and obviously saw that before I even knew who Rin Tin Tin was. I just thought, this is ridiculous. Uh, Philip Baker Hall was Detective Mulvalli, or uh, Mulvahill. Mulva! Every time I see something like that, that's all I think of. Is Seinfeld. <laughs> but uh, he, he, you, you, you would recognize this guy if you saw him. He's a character actor, a bit part character actor. He's a Midnight Run, Ghostbusters 2, Air Force 1, and tons and tons of television. And I'd be amiss not to mention that Mitch Pileggi, Skinner from the X-Files himself, is Duke Herman in here. Mm. Of course, also Wes Craven's Shocker. And one thing that I always remember him from is Magic's Greatest Secrets Revealed, which was <laughs> on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but it's wow. always... His narrator, of course, he's not writing this, but, you know, the mass magician, he's going to cut <laughs> a woman in half. I bet he can do it in half the time. Oh, gosh. You know, just the bad puns and all that. <laughs> Those were big shows when they came out. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Breaking the magician's code. There's like five or six of them. Everybody wants to know how it's done. Exactly. So it's like Mythbusters for magic. Yeah. Before, well, I guess at the same time as Mythbusters, I guess, if I could speak. It pushed other magicians to stop doing the same old shit. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. It, it forced innovation in a field that probably hadn't had innovation since the last David Copperfield special right. 10 years prior. Yeah. I remember being kid, and that was, what, that was an amazing thing in the 80s. Excuse me. When you'd have those, you know, oh, Thursday night, David Copperfield is going to make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Holy shit! Holy shit! When you're a kid... When in my in my household, at least me and my brother are watching it, like, oh my god, dude! It, oh, did you see that? My dad's like, it's all mirrors. They're all in on it, and like just immediately popping our bubbles, right? Of, of like enjoyment and childhood wonder. <laughs> but for some reason, Christmas comes around. Oh yeah, Santa's gonna bring you what you want. Like, 
in hindsight, you let us have Christmas, but you just had the shit all over David Copperfield. <laughs> the man's not Santa Claus. <laughs> Maybe he still believes in Santa. I don't know. Okay. Which we do too. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the kids are in the car. Of course, Santa's real. To this explicit podcast. <laughs> Progressive parenting. I like it. Yeah, there you go. But uh, just yeah. words. Anyway, three o'clock high. I've heard about this film from other uh, 80s centric uh, Facebook groups or uh, mm-hmm. podcasts, maybe just to where I've heard the name of it and I never really, never saw it until recently. Uh, but then when I saw the VHS cover, I was like, okay, I remember that cover, but never struck me as something to ever want to rent. Uh, of course, being a kid, seeing something about high school wasn't my cup of tea at that age. It's more like, oh, is Supergirl in? Or let me re-rent Jaws 3 for the fifth time. Uh, co- VHS cover art was, that's how you sold it. That's how you sold the movie uh, back in the day if you didn't know what you were looking for. But yeah, I was, I watched this with Autumn on the couch. She hated it. She's like, this movie's stupid. I'm like, I absolutely love this movie. I enjoy like just, it was, it's, it's sort of like, it's basically high noon. It's basically a Western taking place in high school, in the, the high school aesthetic to where like, you're going to meet me at three o'clock. Right. Like high, that's, you know, that's your high noon. That's when the showdown's going to happen. Yeah. And of course your nerdy hero, Jerry is doing everything he possibly can to get out of it. You know, like framing, planting dope in the lo- the locker of the the bully, and then like, no, we can't do that. He's gonna know it's me. We have to get it out. You know, so hijinks ensue. But it's never done. The film never goes to that Saved by the Bell level or uh, One Crazy Summer level where it, it's overtly silly. Mm-hmm. It maintains like a really solid tone throughout the entire thing of urgency and like time's running out. How are you gonna get out of it? But it maintains. You know, it's. It's a comedy, but it's it's really serious a lot of the time. But to me, it works because it was. I found it tense. Just like, oh, how's he gonna? You know, he's gonna end up having to fight this guy. Like, again, watching it for the first time ever, uh, I thought it was, for for the type of movie it was and the time frame, well acted. I enjoyed it. Well directed as well. I thought it was done really good. Uh, you got your your ob- obtusely important, co- or not important, uh, just in. Uh, included comedic relief little parts but then you're right back into like how are you gonna get out of this jerry and then like constant you know the ticking clock and uh bells ring for the next class you only got two periods left what's gonna happen and it builds and builds and you know in the extreme of course he goes to ridiculous extremes Mm -hmm. Uh, we open with the scene where wildly inappropriate (laughs) even in the 80s i'm sure where the student seduces the teacher in front of the class and then, spoiler alert, the end of the film, the teacher shows up like Sandy from freaking Greece, all hot, like, hey, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff that you get arrested for immediately. Right. Uh, what was it? Mary Kay Letourneau or whatever her name was, the teacher, student, the famous one. Mm. Uh, but I mean, you'll see those all the but time. Now, now they're all over, yeah. Yeah, and then, not to be crude, but I swear, it does, at least in our area, when they show one, it's a hot freaking teacher. Yeah. Like, and she's always having sex with like multiple students. Yeah, I'm just like, gee, like, you know, of course, the typical bro joke, but wherever she was, I was, I was right. in school. But think about, you know, for for the men out there, when you were in high school, yeah, we all had that hot teacher. Yeah. And yeah, if Miss Alfonso and Walker High, 1997, <laughs> if you know, I, we know, you know, we would drop our pencils off our desk on purpose because she would when we knew she was coming, like, oh, I dropped my extra pencil off, and she would, she would, she knew what she was doing. Right. I mean, I, I'm not saying the lady was trying to do anything inappropriate, but she knew that the guys had crushes on her. 
but we, me, I had a friend on my on the aisle, the next aisle, you know, the desk we're in school. Like, you know, one time he dropped his, and if, you know, he did his already for the day. When she came around, we get this signal. Oh, I dropped mine, Miss Alfonso. I'm so sorry. Let me get that for you. Sure, yes. wish she would rape us. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> hey, when when you were a male in high school, that's that's right. your world. That's where your brain is. Yeah. You know, my wife is pregnant right now. It's always these hormones. These hormones making me do this. Yeah, it's like that for men too in high school when puberty hits. Right, Women right. too, I'm sure. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but when you when you're a kid in high school and you know your teacher is a fucking nine out of ten. Yeah, and she's only like 22. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in hindsight, it's like wow, like what? It's a, like yeah, five years, six years older than you. That's not a big yeah. You're you're just enamored, just like you know, in in a kid when I watch Willow, I'm in love with Sorsha, 28 year old woman, whatever. Like yeah, oh, yeah, I love her. I would marry her. You know, eight-year-old boy. Me. <laughs> and then the little, you know, knowing this, the the kid that got bust, or I imagine the parents probably found out. So the sure. kid, ha- you know, that you know, it's not the kid's fault. It's usually, they find photos on the phone or something, or whatever. Messages. And you know, we're being facetious here, so don't don't yeah. get your pitchforks <laughs> out. But all the other kids that the, the teachers have and say, "Son of a bitch, you little snitch." <laughs> you know what they say about snitches in high school. Nothing, because they just go to the tension with everybody else. Ask if she has a friend. No shit. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, wildly inappropriate, regardless. But yeah, it happens in this film like it's sure. an everyday occurrence, which apparently it is. Yeah. So they just get a lot more trouble now. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, again, this if if you haven't seen this film, uh, which I know you haven't, Jesse, I would recommend it. I found it very enjoyable. For a, especially for a first-time watch. Not enjoyable or I'm going to go buy it or anything like that, but if I had cable, or if I saw it was on Netflix or one of the other streaming services, I would watch it again, unless I obviously had something else, you know, on cue to watch. But if I was like, you know, the t- typical Wednesday night, let's watch, let's find something to watch. And, you, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sure most couples do it. You're going through Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix looking for something that just It's fits. a good idea for a film. The whole thing takes place over one day. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. And it's, again, like... That sense of urgency, mm-hmm. like that's what, like, because you're like, you're, it, it feels almost like, what was that, Nick of Time with Johnny Depp, where it was done in real time, or 88 Minutes with Pacino. I think that was another yeah. one where, like, you know, your the time is move, your real time is movie time. Oh. That's, it's not the case in this film. Right. But you're, I'm feeling like, oh, they could have done that. They nice. could have, yeah. yeah they could have been a really early version it happened. of it. Yeah. Or, you know, at, at the point where they make the fight, you know, I'll, you know, you got two periods. Well, that'd be like two hours. So, or like, still like an hour they could have done. They could have done like something. Yeah. yeah. But again, this is that wasn't the plan for this. I mean, this right. was this was meant to be a comedy, and it is. I would classify it as a comedy. But you know, this is a balanced film to where I'm laughing, but then also like, oh shit, you gotta get your ass kicked. <laughs> you know, it may, it maintains that same level of tension and that flow, and I think that, I really give my hat off to this film for that. Uh, well, they tried to do it again in Fist Fight, which was a film from last year starring uh, Charlie Day and Ice Cube and hmm. Tracy Morgan and all that. But that's between the teachers. But hmm. I guess that's their way of retelling it. It's like, oh, what if the teachers got into a fight? Yeah. It was a really big fight at school. And um, I think it, it fell flat, even though I haven't seen Three O'Clock High. But compared to your uh, review of it, I bet you would think Fist Fight fell flat. Just because it's less believable that the teachers would do this. Yeah. It's like, that, they're children. That takes you out of it. And also, I mean, being a male, I I, there was, I didn't have a, I'll tell my high school fight story. There was a guy who's 
and strangely, when I, I, I didn't realize this, so I thought back about it because of this film. Mm-hmm. His name was Steve Austin. Oh, no. <laughs> da-da, da-da, da-da. Not the Steve Austin. Thank God. No, but uh, anyway, in high school, I don't, know, I don't even know why I did it. But, like, you know, if people left their lockers open, uh-huh. like, I mean, the lock on it, but then lock it, people would just take the lock. You know, it's sort of like, oh, you shouldn't have left your locker open. It was oh. just a thing. I don't, and I took his, I, I saw that and I knew people were doing it. So I was oh, I've never seen it. I'm going to take the lock. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of just like a thing that you would do if you saw it. Oh, wow. And in, in my school, everybody at school has things like that. School and then, full of assholes. And I don't, I mean, it is, honestly, looking back at it, like I was in the wrong, like 100%. Sure. And then, like, somehow, you just relock it. That's what you could have done. Yeah, that's what I should have done. That's what a normal like somebody left their locker a normal open, person click, but do, it's high. Yeah. Oh, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. This was not high school. This was junior high, which for us here in Louisiana, or for me when I was in school, was seventh and eighth grade. I'm not sure yeah. how that works today because now there's sh- freshman high, all sorts of different weird classifications. <laughs> So I don't know how it it's works. Like walking through a parking lot and you see someone's doors open, go turn on their lights <laughs> and, and, and then lock the door. Just fuck them over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I mean, but in, that was just the culture of the people. Right. You know, yeah, I you know you. so I, I don't, again, there's no, there's no reason to because what you're going to do with a lock you don't know the combination for. You, that's why you relock it. Exactly. And you, that's why you don't take it. <laughs> you know, but then I, don't, I don't even know how the dude found out about it. I don't it. even know about that. I don't even know how, like, how, how like oh, you got Steve Austin's lock. In geography, <laughs> like the Kool Aid Man, gives you two middle fingers and stuns <laughs> and then, you. <laughs> Don't and for some reason, Jr. is in the cl- the camera pans over, and there's Jr. and the King. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh, and Hart falls through the roof. Right. Just kidding. It's only it's only like a twelve foot drop in a classroom. Yeah, right. Well, ten foot. Don't take much <laughs> wrestling high. Yeah. I'm sure that's not a cartoon on the WWE Network. Only oh. $9.99 a month. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, uh, all that notwithstanding, found out about it. I was like, yo, I'm going to beat you up after school, bro. For taking my lock. Yeah. What'd you do with it? I, I gave it back to him. <laughs> well, no, it, that was the thing. That's like, how we found I, out about I, it. <laughs> well, no, like, I don't, I don't know how. I was like, you know, and you know, hindsight, like, yeah, it's stupid. Like, I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to get in a fight. I knew I'd get in trouble. Right. I, I was more worried about getting home because I didn't care. I mean, the, the dude was scrawny. And, like, I might get punched a few times. I didn't care. I mean, I'm a, we rep me and my brother wrestle. I'm, that doesn't scare me. It's not like right. he's, he's not a Buddy Referton, like in this film, that where this dude looks like he's just out of the military, 30 years old, <laughs> shaving in, is in 30 school. Years old. Yeah, for real. <laughs> that would actually kill you, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just like, you know, so after school, like, everybody's out there like, ooh, ooh. I'm like, look. Look, man, I'm sorry I took your lock. Here's your lock back. And he's like, yeah. And of course, his quote-unquote gang or his group of friends around like, oh, yeah, get him. And like typical, he, you know, he, he talked. In hindsight, analyzing it as an adult, like he was, he was, he didn't want to fight either. But he's like, he's right, got his right. friend. He's like, yeah, I'm going to let you get the, oh, yeah. He's got a gave, hype, man. <laughs> you gave me my lock back. And he was a, he was, he was a, he was a dick regardless. Like, I, I, just, I never liked him before. Just He was a ginger. That's not why I didn't like him. I'm just <laughs> describing him. Because, he, again, he wasn't Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. He was, he was uh, assisted by Jimmy Hart or something <laughs> like that. Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart came out with, the, with his blue He was horn. hyping the fight. Students, here we go. <laughs> Jim Cornette comes out with his tennis racket. All these old 80s wrestling stuff, all those who were totally lost. Right. Which would have made it so much better right. in my head. But anyway... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like look, look, man, there's no need for this. Like here, I don't need, you know, I don't know about you. I'm gonna get in trouble at home, and I, you know, so let's just forget about it. It's like, what? Else? You know, nah, man, I'm gonna give you the first hit. And I'm, it's literally, he, he had like a weaselly voice. It's like he just walked there in a circle around me, touching his cheek, just t- like, go ahead, 
go ahead and like of course typical i'm like dude i'm not gonna hit it you first like, it sounds like jimmy's nemesis from south park <laughs> like, yeah like yeah yeah Mimsy. <laughs> Mimsy. i forget his name <laughs> yeah i forget his name too uh shit god i could see his character and i can't, I can't think of when they call him okay he does in the talk on it but nathan, nathan. yeah Good job, Nathan. <laughs> uh, damn it, Jimmy. Yeah, that's what the voice sounds but like. But he, he did kind of, he had a raspy little voice. But he, he just walked in a circle around me like, come on, man. I'm going to give you the first shot. Just hit me, hit me right here. I'm like. He's pointing and, at but I also, But I also knew that in because of other fights at the school, whoever throws the first punch, no question, is suspended. Right, sure. So I knew I'm not going to throw the first. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, you could, dude, you could hit me three or four times before I hit you, but I ain't going to hit you first. Yeah. You know, if you, you're talking, you know, I didn't, I was just like, come on, I'm not going to hit you first. Maybe he was a narc trying to get you. <laughs> Maybe. But then, like, yeah, that's what I thought, you know, t- you know, and using very inappropriate, un-PC language. Sure. You know, various Always things Austin, to, to, to be call me, you know, a sexuality that I'm not and a part of the female anatomy repeatedly. Listen here, you son of a bitch. You can take the first shot. <laughs> now, had it been during the Attitude Era, uh, I might have just kept the lock in my pocket, decked him with the lock, yeah. and then stunned him in front of everybody. <laughs> Ripped open my shirt and it's yeah, NWO. Pull out some... <laughs> Spray paint and spray paint on the back. Nah, so oh, we didn't fight. Uh, all my fights when I was younger were never at school. They were always outside of school. Uh, but yeah, so we didn't fight. But then, of course, like, Yo, you, 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 blank, blank, blankety blank. I won't use that offensive language. Uh, you know, so didn't fight. But I guess I won in the end. And that's com- that is completely inappropriate, I just said, because he did end up committing suicide after high school. That's why he's not on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, All so, right. uh, which is a shame, regardless. But yeah, uh, I mean, again, my experience with the guy that that encounter—that's my only bully story. I mean, he was—he he wasn't a school bully, but he was trying to bully me into like looking good in front of his friends. So, sure. and that was my three o'clock high, <laughs> you know. And I wasn't big in, in high, high school. school. I mean, I'm wow. in you know, I'm mean, sorry, in junior high, I wasn't big. I mean, I'm not big now, but I mean, I've I have a stocky frame. You know, uh, I've been accused of working out when I was younger, which, you know, just because, just my body type, you know, so I was just a little twig in junior high and more just like, I don't want to get in trouble. My dad will beat the shit out of me. I'm more mm. afraid of what my dad would do, <laughs> which again, I don't know, honestly, because my parents never found out that I ever got in fights because I've won the two fights I've been in undefeated. Ding, ding, ding. ding, ding. <laughs> Ronda Rousey, are you still undefeated? Cause I'm not <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, so that's my three o'clock high story in the real world. But anyway, but this film thoroughly enjoyable. Like I said, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's a good eighties film, but it's also, it's just, I thought I found it to be just a good entertaining film that aside from the obviously inputted comedic parts, you know, it, it's pretty, it's a pretty accurate film of the high school mentality and the high school dynamic. Uh, I found, you know, it, because, of course, we joked on the podcast before, like, wow, Saved by the Bell told me everything that high school was not going to be. Mm. You'd high school and like, hey, guys, pop in your collar, like, anybody want to go to the max after school? What are you talking about, freshman? <laughs> <laughs> high school was not like Saved by the Bell. Not at all. But uh, this one, again, it's just, it felt like, aside from the overtly comedic stuff that wouldn't happen, it just felt, yeah, I, I know that feeling, like, Oh shit! I'm gonna get my ass kicked at three o'clock or whatever. Watching mm. that, like, don't you didn't want the bell to ring because you're so nervous about what's gonna happen. <laughs> and of course, you know, in my experience, like leading up to it, dude, his other friends, you know, they're just gonna all jump on you. Like, like, okay. Yeah, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, well, 
what are you going to do, my so-called friend? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to run away? I guess you're going to run away. I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm the, I'm the, the lone one that stands up. Mm. Uh, yeah, but a lot of fun. A lot of fun times. Fun <laughs> in times in high school. But yeah. Uh, Send us your high school bully stories at 80srevisited at gmail.com. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so anyway. Or how you were the bully like I was. You son of a bitch. Yeah. I, I, I'm regretful. We need to call him up like happy, I mean, uh, Billy Madison style and apologize. Oh, my God. Before, <laughs> while he's brandishing his gun. <laughs> before something happens. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, because, you know, of course, you know, modern, we just had another school shooting. And then yeah. that was, and when he, it was a former student, which is, that's even scarier, you know, I mean, because why are you you're going back after? Uh, but that's, we're not, it's already a political New Orleans listener friend. Your name escapes me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, don't beat me up. Uh, don't build a stone hammer with your stone craft and beat the shit out of me. Anyway, some <laughs> trivia behind this film that Trey really, really likes. Uh, the movie is considered to be a teenage version of High Noon, which was in 1952, but without the period Western setting, which is replaced by contemporary high school. Duh, which I already said. Uh, and in fact, Steven Spielberg was the executive producer on this film, but he asked to have his name removed from the credits, as he had done two years early with another youth comedy, Fandango in 1985, which stars uh, Judd Nelson and Kevin Costner. And to tie that in locally, that movie Fandango, which we haven't done on the podcast because I didn't like the movie. Uh, but there is a gentleman here in the Baton Rouge area, free shout out, Chuck Bush. But he played Dormer in that movie. Hmm. And uh, he, still, he still does stuff in film, local film here every now and then. Uh, but yeah, I had an internship with him the semester I sat out of college because I lost the top scholarship here in Louisiana. So I sat out for a semester before I went back, but I had an internship there. I uh, got to know him really well. So I, if you are a really big fan of Fandango, I can get you Dormer's autograph. He might charge. I don't know. I don't talk to him except on Facebook. But yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, during uh, Jerry's book report, when he asked his English teacher what her favorite book is, which is the opening scene we listened to, uh, she replies, Turn of the Screw. He then kisses her. In Turn of the Screw, which is by uh, Henry James, there's a part where a tutor is kissed by your student. So it's sort of a meta joke if you're familiar with what he's reciting. Uh, the character of Miss Farmer, which is the teacher, originally only had the one scene where Jerry seduces and kisses her in order to get the tension after school to avoid the fight. Uh, after the movie was completed and tested, audience desperately wanted to know what happened to Jerry and Miss Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the love story in this film. His, his friend in the film is the one who likes him. Uh, the makers, including Spielberg... Brought the actors back to film the last scene of the movie where she walks into the bookstore and passionately kisses him on school grounds, during school, in front of everybody. Only in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, according to director Phil Joanu, if that's how you pronounce it, he was heavily influenced by Scorsese's After Hours and Raging Bull while making this film, which honestly, reading that in high, after watching it, like I can see that. This film, that, and I think that lends it to you have a comedic script but you're, the director is in the tone of a more serious mm-hmm. vision. And wh- whereas that might not always work, I think it works really good for this film. Hmm. Uh, let's see. And then, that, and remember, we mentioned, I mentioned Spielberg wanted his name taken off. That's because uh, he was expecting a movie to be handed in, which was a type and style of the Karate Kid. But Spielberg apparently said, Joanna, after seeing the movie, quote, what happened to the Karate Kid? You made a Scorsese film. Which if I was <laughs> Phil Joanna, I'd be like, Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Steven Spielberg. That is a compliment, because that's exactly what I was doing. Wow. Uh, both the lead actors, uh, Samasco and T- uh, Richard Tyson, who portray the high school students here, were actually over 25 years of age when this film was made, and were, in fact, older than the director. So, 
That's and I think that's one reason why I got to high school and you know, as a growing up and you see these people in high school, Breakfast Club, John, any John Hughes movie, stuff like that, and even Say by the Bell. You know, like growing up, you're like, wow, high schoolers are so mature. <laughs> They look so mature, they're shaving and stuff. And nah, that's because they're 25 year old actors. Yeah, that, uh, what's his name? The bully. He was yeah. 26 when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, when we did Christine, the bully in that, Buddy, Re- uh, another Buddy. Mm-hmm. You had Buddy Ravel in here and Buddy Referton and Christine. That dude was like 30 something in that Jeez. film, looking like Jim Morrison. Like he could have played Jim Morrison if they made the Doors movie in the 80s, for sure. Uh, Actor Kirk Cameron was actually the second choice for the role of Jerry Mitchell, which thankfully did not go to him. Right. Because fuck that dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Kirk. I never liked him on Growing Pains either. It's not just because of his, his extreme religious beliefs today. It's because I never liked him on Growing Pains either. Uh, director Barry Sonfeld uh, worked as a cinematographer on this film and was also billed as a lighting consultant. But if that name sounds familiar, that's because he would go on to direct uh, Men in Black... Wild Wild West, Men in Black 2, maybe. So he went on to do bigger and better things. Director? Uh, oh, of course, I'm on the wrong thing. But yeah. Yeah, but notable, very notable that... And you just named Will Smith movies. Because <laughs> that's... Uh, cause of course, you know, Men in Black... You had Independence Day, Men in Black, and then you know, Will Smith became the king of summer movies, which died with the next film being Wild Wild West. I think that was the next one. but Nine Lives, wasn't that the uh, Kevin Spacey movie? Yeah, where he's a cat. Never seen it. And now I never will. Yeah. Probably <laughs> never would have with that pitch. Yeah, either. Unless uh, Wes Anderson was doing it and it was claymation or stop motion <laughs> like Isle of Dogs. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, the soundtrack was composed by Tangerine Dream, which is a veteran group from the podcast doing the soundtrack for Legend. Uh, as well as other ones, because this was their ninth soundtrack that they've done and their 31st overall album. Hmm. And they recently did something, too. Could you look that up for real quick, Tangerine Dream? Dream. Just they're just It might be on IMDb. Uh, they did a recent film, too, which I was kind of surprised when their name came up. But uh, as we're waiting on that, uh, score-wise, I would give this film an 8. I, lo- and I thoroughly enjoyed this film, personally. Uh, I thought it was going to be a typical high school comedy. In, on all levels, directing, acting, et cetera, et cetera. Excuse me. And it does have those elements, but it was it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And again, if you want a second opinion, because uh, Jesse didn't get around to watching it, my wife hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but we all know how she is, if you listen. Remember hearing her on the episodes of the podcast. Uh, Tangerine uh, Dream composed a soundtrack score for the video game Grand Theft Auto V. They also released their own version of the theme music from Stranger Things, but... Maybe that's where it popped up recently, yeah. where I saw their name come up on But something. they simply inspired the music for Stranger Things, not really yes. doing it themselves. Because, of course, they were big in the 80s. Listen yeah. to the Legend soundtrack with that high, lots of synthesizers. Yeah. You know, ethereal... Uh, not, what's that? Not New Age. Uh, atmospheric. Very, uh, you know... Atmospheric, that's probably the best word, I guess. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff in the 80s. Oh, yeah, they're big. So, But, yeah, the only thing recent was Grand Theft Auto. Hmm. It must be like a blurb where they were, were talking about maybe Stranger Things or something, because I did see them pop up. That seems like it might have been it. Yeah. But uh, Or maybe they had a new album coming out or something. I don't remember. I don't have... They, again, they have 30, 31 albums as of 1987, so that was 30-plus years ago, so they probably have another 30 yeah. since then. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend this film. Uh, it's just enjoyable. It's, it's really, I mean, without repeating myself again and again or sounding too manic, uh, 
just check it out. If you ever see it on Netflix or any of the other streaming services, definitely worth a watch. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this film. And as I mentioned, I got two in the real worlds for this one, so we'll save one for the opening, and I'll do one right now. This you came mean out. you said one in the opening already? Yes, that's right. <laughs> I have some sort of weird time flux <laughs> headache. When I when I have these headaches, I just I go I I'm transported to different times in my life within the past forty minutes. That's something. But anyway, uh, this film released again October 9th, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, just two days later, on October 11th, was the first National Coming Out Day held in celebration of the Second National March on Washington for Lesbian and Gay Rights. And that was 30, 31 years ago, and we're still having to deal with this today because people won't accept people for who they are, which is ridiculous. This is going to be one of those things where we look back yeah. years ago and be like, man, I can't believe it was like that. Exactly. Yeah, like we look back on water fountains right now. Yeah. <laughs> or pay like, phones. Wait, or, yeah. The segregation in the bathrooms and water fountains. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, as this, you know, I mean, you know, you have the baby booners and now you have what they call our generation zennials or oh, gen, I'm sorry. You have baby boomers, Gen X, zennials, millennials, yeah. like as that baby boomer generation starts to die out, you still, have, cause what I don't, you know, uh, in my, I, as a human being, we tend to associate our lives, you know, like, isn't it like, you know, it's bound to be similar like this for everybody in, in ways, in right, generalizations, right. Like, wow, like, the older I get, okay, my parents were right about some things, but boy, were they wrong about a lot. <laughs> you know, to where yeah. you, be you become your own person, you see, like, okay, my parents were wrong about this because of the time frame they grew up. Mm -hmm. They're totally wrong, so that's not what I'm going to let happen on my watch for the next generation. Right. You know, so, but especially just in the area that we're in, it is, it, it is nationwide. I mean, there's just so many things going on in this country. But as this older generation, which are all politicians, you know, they, you know, look at that mean average age of the politicians in Washington, baby boomers, and you know, slowly, you might know, have a few Gen Xers now, but those are the ones actually trying to do something for the most part. Mm. But once these, you know, once the older generation, and I don't mean it in a mean way, but starts to die out, we'll finally start seeing some actual progress instead of baby, step forward and then two steps back when the regime changes here in the United States, which is really sad to say. <laughs> but nevertheless, that's awesome. It's just still a shame that we still have to, that people in America, the land of the free, have to deal with this shit to this day. Yeah, yeah. Which leads right into the Back to the Future segment of what we've been watching, reading, playing, all that kind of fun stuff. And the big movie that came out recently, Black Panther. Mm -hmm. I saw it. And I don't know if I want to tell people what I think about it. <laughs> just because of what everyone else is saying about it? Yeah. And let me, okay. I liked it, but it, it's not the best Marvel movie. There I go. I said it. I'm, I guess I'm a racist now because I didn't like it that much, which uh, I don't care. I don't, that, that doesn't make me anything because it, it, it's so childish that when people say they don't like this movie, that just like Wonder Woman. Oh, it was, I think it was, like I've said before on the podcast, it was about 30 minutes too long, but I liked it. Oh, Josh, you hate women. That's not what I said. I'm talking about a movie here. Fred Armisen used to do a skit on um, the news part of SNL where they talk about something like a popular thing. Like they would take a Wonder Woman or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, it's great. It's great. But you know what? <laughs> and then he'd get really quiet and say all these almost where you couldn't even understand what they were saying. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's, that's one of these movies that you can't say you don't like it in public. Or, yeah, which is unfortunate. And, and I can't say that. And I'm, I, don't, I don't care. Like it. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, talking about makes you think I care about it. Like, I understand 7. why. 9. I understand why. 
I, I absolutely understand why in this day and age, that's that's the reason. But my personal opinion, it's like Doctor Strange level. It's not the best, but it's right, right. it's good. Uh, I mean, let's remember, this is a superhero movie. I exactly. Mean, it's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna break walls down. I mean, it shouldn't. Well, I mean, it is for certain. I mean, it's because I I believe representation is very important, and this film is awesome about that. Yeah. Like, and the, like you know, I, there are people that won't go see it simply because it's called Black Panther. Well, you're missing out because it's it's still a, it's still a fun and it's still a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best acted superhero movies since well, Guardians two came out last year. But I mean, that right. one was really really good, and I like that one. <laughs> uh, I mean, you have one of the greatest casts ever assembled. Mm-hmm. I mean, every character is like, holy shit, Angela Bassett, holy shit, Forrest Whitaker, Ghost Dog's in this. Ghost Dog, yeah. You know, uh, it's just, it's a phenomenal cast. It's well-directed. The vision is amazing. It's just, to me, it's just the story structure. The the order of where you spend a lot of the time is where I would want to, wanted to spend a little less and have more development for some of these other characters as, without giving going into spoilers, as things happen. Like, I want to see more about this. Like, this is good. And you got people that, you know, I've, people that I, that when you mention it, like, oh, I'm not going to see that. Like, why? And like, they give a, a, a shithole reason. Uh, <laughs> when, like, you understand that's not what it's about, right? And you, oh, I don't want to go see something that's political. It's not. It's not a political yeah. movie. This is one of the, and, and Ryan Coogler, Fruitvale Station, Creed, phenomenal director, I think. Like, this is a perfect way to make us a, a political statement without over-politicizing it. Because it's never—it's a good point. It's, it's, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't take away from the movie. It, 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 it's good. Like, it's a great way to present something that a lot of people just dismiss because it's not them. Yeah. Which is sad, because that, that still happens today in this country. Uh, but uh, where's I going with that? Every movie he's done has Michael B. Jordan in it. <laughs> That's interesting. That's true. What, has he done anything besides the two I mentioned? Black Panther. He's done some TV stuff and some shorts. Um, I don't know if the shorts have Michael B. Jordan. Oh, oh, I, that's where I was going. Michael B. Jordan's character, a great... I don't want to go into spoiler territory. Uh, but he could have been a Magneto-caliber villain. Mm. Because Magneto is not wrong with what he's saying... Right, right. He's wrong in his actions, his methodology. Yeah. Uh, his or no, his his reasoning is correct. His actions are wrong. I'm sure. And his name is Eric with a K, <laughs> just like Magneto. <laughs> Eric Killmonger. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's right with what he's saying, but his implementation or point yeah. of view of how to handle it is is the bad way. Right. And that that's what makes a phenomenal villain. Sure. Because like. He's not wrong, but you can't go around doing this. Yeah. Same, that, that's why Magneto is one of the greatest villains of all time to me. That's why the Joker, I mean, the Joker is different because he's the extreme. Let's, sure. If you take the Joker from the Dark Knight, he falls into that Magneto category to me because of he's doing it because of human nature. And he understands that. And this is what's going to happen. And the movie goes from there. Same thing in this film. Uh, and to me, that's that's the, that's what kind of just bothered me the most about it was that I wanted more of him. But when you see the movie, you'll probably see what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but for not, again, there's nothing wrong with it in per se, except like we talked about with me with La La Land. This movie did not even come out and it was already hailed as the greatest right. Marvel movie. I don't care if it's called White Panther, 
Asian Panther, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever <laughs> wherever Panther. you want to put it, you know, like in that scale. I mean, let's just be honest. Right. Like that, that never occurred to me. That doesn't, I don't, you know, people, oh, you're a white man and you say you don't see color. That's a lie. It, it, it's not in the sense for what I'm saying here. I was going to see this no matter what. Yeah. No matter what, because it looked fucking awesome. And you look at the cast, you look at the director. This oh shit, and everybody's saying it's gonna, it's the best one yet. Well, it's right there. Yeah. From and that, that's just, that's just my opinion. There's nothing intrinsically bad about it. It's just, just like with Thor Ragnarok. It's I didn't like it. It's I mean I liked it, and but I, I didn't seen like that it one yet. <laughs> you know, it's just they're doing. And I mean, my favorite. If I had to pick one, Winter Soldier and Civil, and Guardians Two, I guess are probably my. That's off the top of my head. Like thinking which which would I put like in the top. Right. Those are the two that I just really, really. Winter Soldier, without question, was amazing for a superhero movie. At the at, in in with what we've been shown before and since. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm just hoping Infinity War maintains that level because it's the Rousseau brothers again. I like they they do that that good balance that DC movies can't do of dark and light. Mm. Like there's a scene in Black Panther that was totally put in to sell toys. There's one scene. Oh no. Which. It's it's Disney. I I, I understand was that like it. Like the porgs, <laughs> sort sort of giant porgs with horns on their heads. <laughs> I've said enough. No more spoilers. Uh, but yeah, it's there's nothing wrong with the film. It's it's good. It it fits in the Marvel universe in the cinematic universe. Excuse me, because you know I've I read Black Panther comics and you know the comics are a lot darker than the movie. But again, Disney owns Marvel. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is not the Dark Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy or Tim Burton's Batman or the Blade movies from the 90s. They have, and that's, that's the thing with Star Wars too. People are like, oh, I wanted Last Jedi to be so dark. Well, it, it, it had its darkness, but it had its moments for the kids too because you have to have that balance because it's owned by the mouse. Yep. And that's, I accept that. You know, that, uh, that's, that's, that's the way it's going to work now because of the source material and Disney's going to make money. They don't, they, they didn't make any of these movies to not make a shit ton of money. And thankfully Black Panther did. We're going to get another one. Great. Cougar's supposed to come back. I want to see more of this world that he's created. It's, it's fantastic. It's just, you know, when you, when you objectively watch something, you have to be objective. You know, if you, if you want to, like we're going to get to with our uh, iTunes review when we close out the show, you know, when you could talk about something like, in, intelligently and intrinsically that yes I, I understand that fantastic but nowadays it's, it's it, we're too oversensitive mm-hmm. when some, you know because uh, we're getting a little political so I'm sorry our friend in New Orleans <laughs> <laughs> but you know, y'all know what I'm saying y'all, y'all listen to the podcast you know where we go with this stuff so that's enough for that I guess but then also have you seen anything of note lately um phew. I haven't been to the theater in a while. I saw something else. I got. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I don't know. No, not really. I've been, uh, you know, making videos and stuff. <laughs> Black Panther was the big one. That's because that just came out. But then what else did I? Well, I'm just scrolling through because I watched a bunch. I watched older movies that I hadn't seen in a while. I picked up Black Mirror again. Oh, I haven't finished this latest season. <laughs> I'm still in the first season. Oh, okay. I mean, but are, wait, okay. Are you on the actual season one, or are you? Because when on Black Mirror, before the new season came out, it had season three first, so you'd watch them in reverse order. If you just went like to the new episode, I guess I'm actually on season one. Because didn't you watch the Bryce Dallas Howard one? No. 
Okay, never mind. You're watch, you might be doing it. Maybe they fixed it because when we yeah. started watching it with season three, like on Netflix, it did three. It doesn't really two, matter though with that. Series, with that series, you're it? right. It doesn't. But like yeah. at first, I was when I when we were starting to watch, I'm like, wait, I'm like, oh, don't, don't don't play that one. It's season three, episode three. Like, yeah. Oh no no. Uh, well, that started months ago. Yeah. Months ago, I watched the very first one with, with the pig. With the pig. Okay. Yeah. And then I just watched the other one with the guy from Get Out. Yeah. That's a. Yeah, that was a good episode. That was the one that makes you keep thinking and stuff. Yeah. Like, I know what they're saying, and it's a very Hollywood way of thinking. Nobody in the fly, and uh, what are they call them? Flyover states or whatever they call them. Mm-hmm. No one probably thinks like that. Yeah. <laughs> but for people like us that are, you know, that make movies and don't mind getting our names out there to yeah. be something. For uh, sure. Yeah, it's, it's quite a... Quite a way of telling a story. I love that show. Like, I really yeah. beats the bike. You know, it's like that was. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, that's a good way of putting it. It's like because life otherwise, you're just pedaling to the end. You know, mm-hmm. it's just. Uh, it's just such a good. I mean, it's a modern Twilight Zone, and yeah. I really. We have like two episodes left for the current season that just came out. Which I mean, their seasons are six episodes. I mean, it's not like it's right. And but every one of them no, is like, fucking good. Yeah, they're like watching a movie. Yeah, and. uh there's nothing at the end that tells you I got to watch the next one. You yeah. don't want to watch the next one because you kind of need a break sometimes after some of them. Like, well, because you know <sighs> they make good stuff, so uh, that's what gets you to watch the next one. Mm-hmm. Even like, though I haven't watched it, but I mean that's more of a time issue. Yeah, because it's a show you want to really focus on. You yeah, you know when you're about to like, between like, okay, do you want to watch Black Mirror or do you want to watch the next episode of Home Improvement or whatever? Or whatever something I know, can something... play with my phone or work at the same time. That's what I usually do. I have. On one screen, I have something playing, and the other screen, I'm working. Yeah. And uh, that's not one I could do that with. Exactly. You have to pay attention. You have to enjoy it. Yeah. And all that. Yeah, so uh, I think since the last time we talked, I finished Breath of the Wild, which we talked about a little bit off the air. Yeah. Mm. To quote uh, <laughs> Immortan Joe, mediocre! <laughs> to me, to me. See, I, I thought it was better than mediocre, but also not Game of the Year. I think we agree with Game of the Year. I mean, Horizon. Yeah, was that was just terrific. At every on uh, every level, to compare the two, yes. for sure. I haven't done a really deep analysis as far as where that fits, but uh, I played Shadow of the Colossus, the new one. <laughs> Mediocre. <laughs> Even though I know you really like it, and well, it's I, I beautiful played it looking. Fifteen years ago, whenever it sure. came out. So yeah. I mean, that's. But I mean, they did a great job on the update, and. Uh, Man, the camera. I think that's where... That was a complaint when it came out, too. I mean, I remember that. Yeah. I think the camera really hurt it. Also, uh, the few bugs that I found really hurt the way the story was told to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and also just the way they chose to end it. um, Trying to make it interactive, and I thought that was a failure. Mm -hmm. They should have just told the story at the end. It's like, I just... I just played it. You yeah. don't have to let me play a little more. Yeah. That playing characters that I've never touched. Exactly. Before. It's or like, like yeah, it wasn't necessary. When games do that, I hate that. Like, oh, you beat the boss. Okay, now get up and walk to the door. <laughs> yeah. No, just just show it. Show like, it. I don't yeah. need to do this again. Yeah, that it's really over. doesn't do anything. It's for over. Me. Yeah. Ugh. It's not important to the story for me to go over there and open a door. Yeah. Now here's a good example. I also since we recorded last. Finish Zelda. Uh, again, it it got a lot based on what I said last episode. I believe like it got a lot better for me. Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but it just wasn't anything 
to, you know, lose my wad over, so to speak, to be a little crude. But uh, right after I beat it for my birthday, my mom got me Mario Odyssey. Yeah. And I played this, like, did not stop. Like, that Mario Odyssey is amazing. And I don't have a Switch yet, so I'm still on the Wii U. But uh, so. when you beat, when you finish that game, similar thing, like, oh, you're here. What am I doing now? Oh, because there's more to do. Like, okay, there's extra stuff. Excuse me. Post credits. Right. You're, you're back. In, there's like, you know, uh, like just like Horizon. Okay, you, you beat the boss. So you go back to this point in the game to reload it so you can do anything else you want to do. But you've beaten it. Uh, that's a good way to handle it. Not just like, ugh. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, you know, ugh, you've defeated me. Ugh, melts into a pile of goo. And then, like, you're in the room. You're still in the room. <laughs> what do I, you know, what, what, what? Or you have to do something, some ridiculous task. But, yeah, Mario Odyssey... You know, people, oh, Zelda's reason to get a Switch. Like, no, I was, if you're getting a Switch in one game, get fucking Mario. Mm. That game. I mean, the Mario games are always good. Last one I played was 3D World on the Wii U. It was yeah. really good. I was I lost in the flood, GameCube. but because <laughs> I let Justin borrow, or let more accurately, Justin's daughter borrow it, and uh, yeah, never saw it again. <laughs> well, it's, it's somewhere, I guess, in the bottom yeah, of the Amy River or somewhere. Somewhere. Imagine if they dredge that river now. Yeah. Like, you know, in, in, or in the future, archaeologists millions of years are going to find, like, was it, this must have been a, a land of civilization. This must have been a, a, an encampment of some sort with all this. I mean, it could be anywhere, like, anywhere from the river to their house. It's like, you know, in the woods it could somewhere. Be in the Gulf of Mexico, yeah. for all we know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so much stuff would just swell up. But I had up. some minis, like, from a board game. Gone. Yeah. Oh, because I mean, he was painting them, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the, uh. I don't even, so you lost them. I lost, I lost one of the minis to uh, Blood Rage, if for anybody who knows oh, what that, that is. Oh, that sucks. And, uh, but I reached out to the company just recently, even though it had been so long, but yeah. I had another reason to reach out. I was like, can I buy it again? I don't mind paying for it. Yeah. Uh, and they said, yeah, and they'll send me some messages of how to buy it. Oh, so, that's awesome, though. It's like, cool, just to be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. to have it complete again. <laughs> have it back. That's awesome. you can throw any, I mean, it's a Wolfman is the one that, that got lost. You can throw any wolf man in there. You could buy a mini for a wolf man, but it's yeah. not the wolf man. Yeah, you want your game. I mean, when board games have a lot of pieces. Yeah. And you yeah. like it to be complete. Sure. It's like a puzzle yeah. miss, missing one piece. You don't. Yeah. Do you don't, you don't just manufacture it yourself and put it in there. Exactly. Well, it's not the same. No, you just paint it in. Because I can go buy a D&D wolf man figure. You yeah. Know, werewolf or 50 whatever. Cents. Yeah. Nothing. It's not, that's not the same. It's not the same. Oh, one. I think it looks cool. Oh wait, it's not actually. Yeah, the Blood Rage one doesn't even look that good, <laughs> in my opinion. And the and the rules they have on him are not rules that a lot of people play with. A lot of people take that guy out. So as far as any other pieces to miss, that one's not a bad one. But he retails for like sixty bucks right now on eBay. So <laughs> wow. Yeah. And the game Jeez. itself, you can buy the whole game like without him for like forty five bucks. Yeah, wow, it's crazy. That is crazy. Jesus. He's a Kickstarter exclusive, but they said I can purchase it. I hope they they stick with that. <laughs> yeah, I guess, did you, I guess. Did you send like your Kickstarter number or, or whatever, so they knew that you were not trying? They to... asked for it, but it was giving me like an error five hundred or something like that. So mm -hmm. I figured if they just looked up my email, they would. Yeah, they should. They will see that. They yeah. should be able to do that. That's awesome, though. That's, I like hearing when people do like yeah. nice stuff. Like, well, they said why come, not? They got still got to follow through with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they but... said they would. So let's see if they actually. That is true. Go through with it. Cool. But anyway, uh, no emails this week, but I do want to give a shout out to one of the, the greatest iTunes review we ever got. <laughs> Let me just pull it back oh, up. Oh, man. This comes from Brocktoon. And... B-R-O-K-Toon, as in... Toon! 
<laughs> but yeah, it was last year on December 11th. Five stars. I'm not going to read it because you, you owe it to yourself to go read it. Because it's it is you know when people say like yeah I like I like creative I like constructive criticism yeah Brock Tune you nailed it <laughs> absolutely in my opinion yeah Jesse was reading it to me and I'm just cracking up like it's so true it's so true and it's well written yeah you should the, have your own podcast uh, where you can just yeah. you know do stuff yeah and if while you're there reading it guys go leave go, this one <laughs> leave one be inspired but. Make sure it's creative criticism, like sure, Brock. yeah, yeah. I mean, but uh, it's titled "Musings After Listening to the First 200 Episodes." Yeah, so, so I mean, that's a that's a long analytic look. Yeah, if you listen, Brock Tune might be a psychologist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 200 episodes, then you decide. I think it's time to leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it takes. That might make us part of an exclusive club. Yeah, we learn stuff about ourselves reading that one. Yeah, like, and then you, it's one of those things, when, you know, you, you kind of, when you, you, you know how you know something, but then when somebody says it the right yeah. way, yeah, it, you're, that, like, you're like, oh, that is what we're doing. Yeah, I knew that, but you saying it like that <laughs> made me actually know it. Right. You know, right. so great review. I, I agree 100%. <laughs> I can't disagree with what you're saying. It's yeah. great. But we, I appreciate the review. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to 200. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're still listening. Yeah. No, but awesome. a great review. Be sure, uh, feel free to leave one yourself if you'd like. Uh, let us know, whatever. But also, AdiesRevisited at gmail.com. AdiesRevisited at Twitter. I haven't posted on there in forever. At AdiesRevisited, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Awesome pods on Facebook. All that kind of fun stuff. And as always, shout outs to our good friends, John and James and Lafayette with the Nowverse Nostalgia Cast. I listened to a couple old episodes the other day. Uh, still hoping we can get some new ones out of them. And of course, Ben with the Asian Mania podcast, who has something new cooking. I haven't talked mm-hmm. to him exactly about it, but I think something new will be coming from Ben. So look, definitely looking forward to that. And next week, I haven't exactly decided yet. I got two already done, but I'll throw them out there. We're either going to do Manhunter or the top 10 films of 87. It just depends on how much time we got. So that'll do it for this one. So until next time, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Facebook.com slash awesome pods and follow us on Twitter at awesome pods.